0: ...to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers! ...turn in handle Lynch, left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his legs moving. He's across the 40, midfield! 45, he's on the run, Lynch! 40, pushes Whoa. the man, 35, look at him go! He's down to 20, 15, he's a go! He is gonna go! Touchdown, Seahawks! Oh, my word! A 67-yard run! Marshawn Lynch, Unbelievable! The Beast is alive and well! Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. The
1: ball is on. Game over! Touchdown! The game is over! The Seahawks are going
0: back to the Super Bowl! Russell Wilson! He did more pirouettes than a ballerina! He only throws to the middle. It has
1: been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing well. The preseason now is officially over, wrapped up. We do not have to talk about it anymore. Hopefully, anyway, that is with with us a lot on here. Hopefully, it won't be brought up anymore because I don't want to talk about the preseason for ever and ever and ever. I don't ever want to talk about it ever again. It's done. What has been happening, though, in the past few days have been the roster cuts. It is cut down time in the NFL. That is going to be the focus of our podcast tonight. Obviously, the Seahawks have been very active cutting the roster down and not as active as, as some other teams, but they've, they've made a few moves on the waiver wire as well that we're going to touch on tonight. Um, and that's going to be the focus of our podcast tonight because, as I said, I've got no interest in discussing the the remnants of the preseason. Um We all know how that went. We don't need to talk about it anymore. We're looking ahead now. And this is the start of it. Um, and, and joining me tonight, we've got the boys back. The, the the group is back, and and joining me as always is Mister Positive himself. It's Pez. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good. Got back off my trip from Dublin. That was fun. Yeah.
0: Met Drink a, a lot few... of beer. Guinness, Guinness, Guinness. of Guinness. Yeah. Met a few Seahawks fans. Few people who are from Seattle. Had a good chat met a few Bronco fans surprisingly some were obviously happy with having Russell Wilson and others were a bit like pessimistic because they just don't believe they're all line strong enough to be able to protect him long enough for him to do all the things he's talking about wanting to do so to Josh's pleasure to watch Russ crash and burn he'll be salivating at hearing them he, words i hope
1: he evaporates behind that line
2: <laughs> as we all do as we all do <laughs> um as you could tell he's back how how, how are you josh how was your little your, your little, your little wedding and your honeymoon and that and your mini moon it it uh yeah it's been amazing it's been a
1: a, a hell of a couple of weeks but the wedding's done now after all that planning it turned out amazing um, very emotional day. I'm not very an emotional person, but there was a few tears. Oh. And then me and the new wife went on our mini moon to Somerset. Lovely. It, it, was, it was absolutely lovely. So uh, yeah, we had a couple of days there, child free. Came back to a toddler who I swear has grown about fifteen centimeters and
2: now speaks in full sentences. So high five to a grandma for that. Well done, grandma. As Pez shows me a breaking. Oh, I'm Tyreek Smith on... I- yeah, that was from me the other day, Pez Dave. That's not breaking, is it? Oh, You're it. terrible at it's just... Like getting news it. from The Onion, isn't it? You can tell he's tired. You can no. tell he's tired. <laughs> I was showing you as something to talk about in the podcast. Do you not think I do planning for this podcast,
1: no.
0: no, no, you don't. No, <laughs> just,
2: evidently,
1: Pez doesn't either. not even check the date stamp on half of these bloody things he shows yeah. us. So, yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen this Richard Sherman left.
2: Oh, you pieces of... Oh, by the way, did you get your, your life-size cardboard cutout of Geno Smith in the post? Uh, he's, he's obviously still in the post. There's postal strikes coming, so they're all obviously prepping for that. That's true. I'll have to follow it up then with DPD or Royal or, or whatever it's with. So, some some Geno Smith superfan saw that and thought, oh, do you know what? I'll have that. That's not going to Josh. That's not going to Josh Edwards. That's coming it. on with me. He's kept it. Um, right. It's It's cut down time. We're going to to get on to the guys that uh, that we've waived and and haven't waved back to. Some of them, some of them haven't waved back. Um, some of them we have, some of them we've kept. Um, I'm going to go through the list now of the players that we initially waived as as of as of the time that we're recording and stuff like that. Obviously, some of these players, thanks for the wave there, Pez. Some of these players we have already brought back to the practice squad that we'll talk about as well tonight. Um, but this is the official list of, of the players that were initially waived. You've got Wide receiver slash tight end J.J. Athiga-Whiteside. Marquise Blair, who is is going to be a focus point tonight. That was a bit of a surprise cut to some. Joel Deblanco, the linebacker. Jacob Eason, the quarterback, thank the Lord. Greg Ireland, the offensive tackle. Aaron Fuller, wide receiver. Jared Hewitt, the defensive tackle. Cade Johnson, wide receiver. Vi Jones, the linebacker. Kevin Cassis, the wide receiver. Then you've got Tyler Maybury, the tight end, Bourne Melton, the wide receiver, another one that's going to be a hot topic tonight. Tanner Muse, the linebacker, Scott Nelson, the safety, Liam Liam, Liam Ryan, offensive tackle, Dakota Shepley in the offensive line, Freddie Swain, another one of hot topic tonight. Little Darwin Thompson, the running back, Lakeem Williams, the linebacker, and Deontay Williams, the safety. Uh, Justin Coleman was obviously officially released. He was cut, but as as we will we'll all be aware of now, the Seahawks are intending to bring him back. Uh, Tyreek Smith, as Pez was attempting to show me on his phone, was placed on injured reserve, the, the outside linebacker, the rookie. Um, so he remains with the Seahawks. And Josh Johnson, the running back, was cut with a with an injury designation or waived with an injury designation so he isn't part of the of the roster at this point um so let's get let's start with with the main the main kind of it, it it's the main topic the main position group of 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 this this sort of cut down time for me it's the wide receivers um and I thought you were going to say Tyreek Smith then going on the IR. No, but, no it's not Tyreek Smith. It's not Tyreek Smith. It's Freddie Swain, my friend. It's Freddie Eyeball Swain. As he had, not, it he had it coming. He had it coming. We we mentioned this on the podcast and on on the very last one. Freddie Swain has, for my money, had the worst preseason in terms of not if you weren't a quarterback anyway. He's had the worst preseason of our skill players, skill position players. And uh, to me, to some, I can see why this is a bit of a surprise. Um, but I think he only had about 300 yards receiving actually last season when you actually go ahead and look at his stats. And and for me, the only time Freddie Swain ever really made a play in the NFL was either because of a busted coverage or nobody decided to cover him. And he was just wide open. He never really did anything that made you stand up and take note in terms of going up and getting a contested catch. or that, that, I don't know. There's just something about... He seems to get the the easy receptions and the and the sort of easy busted players, Freddie Swain. I'm not saying he's a bad player, um, and 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 we were high on him at certain times last season. But this 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 hasn't taken me by surprise, um, lads. I, I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, I know what your thoughts are, Pez. So we'll start with you, Josh. Um, was this was this a, a surprise to you to see Freddie Swain waived by the Seahawks?
1: Yes and no. I mean. So Freddie has been sort of an incumbent wide receiver three slash four for the last few years and like was it last year he scored some touchdowns where like he put his cloak of invisibility on, turned into Harry Potter and mm-hmm. just walked through busted coverage. And after that people thought, Wow, he's a real deal. But when you actually look at his body of work without those plays, mm. doesn't actually offer a lot. And I think obviously this preseason has proved it where he's one of the more ex- experienced members of this wide receiving court, he got reps and did nothing with them. Mm-hmm. So I think with our, well, with the Seahawks sort of focus on youth now, it's going to be, it's been more of a matter of, right. So we've had him for a few years. What do you think is going to happen with him? Not much. He's kind of hit his ceiling. What do we do now? Do we focus on the speed that we're so desperate for and look at the youth as well? I think Freddie just hit that really mediocre ground where it's it's difficult for you to look past it. Like he's not even a gadget guy. You know, he's he's not like you can't put him in trick plays or anything. It's just what can you do? You can run through a couple of busted coverages and make a catch. That's about it. Nothing yeah. exciting. Nothing that you're gonna, you know, shout and scream about. I think it's pretty justified to be honest. There's better receivers out there and based on what we're trying to do I just don't think he's going to fit the game plan going forward
2: yeah I, I completely agree um, Pairs any any further thoughts from the last podcast on on the Freddie Swain situation I know you said last podcast that it wouldn't have been a surprise for you to see Freddie Swain cut so I'm guessing you're not surprised by this either
0: no he's um, he's done some nice things um, in the last couple of seasons but this this, tri- this uh, pre-season, he's not really done anything. And when he's the main guy who um, is in pre-season and he can't catch a ball and he can't make the plays and things like that, then like, I think everything's been said about it, hasn't it, really? It's yeah. hard to kind of add anything else to the situation. Like, he kind of had it coming. Mm. He's always... I've always felt he's been on the bubble every year. And now... Mm. It doesn't make sense why Penny Hart's staying there. No, and Freddie Swain's going. That offers more athleticism, raw
1: speed, and athleticism. That's yeah, but they never
0: it. use Penny Hart. Like, yeah, he might get snaps and he might be on the field, but they don't really use him. They don't. They don't play him into. They don't like play him into the game after. And I've I mentioned on the podcast, and uh, you two have joked about it, but after two years of. His connection with Russ in the preseason, but then he's never used in a game hmm. and is it is it is it down to salary is it down to his money because you've got to look at it and go at the end of the day
1: Swain's on a rookie deal still
0: well that's not it then but I'm just looking at it from the angle of are are they doing these moves because of how limited the quarterback's going to be? realistically, who's he gonna to go to? He's gonna to go to Tyler, DK, and probably a tight end.
1: They, they they want speed, which Hart has got over Swain. They want that that burst and separation, which you're probably gonna get from Hart more than you are Swain. Let's face it. Swain close if, if he's one on one, if he's in man man coverage and someone is all over him he's not going to get that separation. Penny Hart because he's a smaller nippier character has got more chance of that even if we don't use him, even if he's like a wide receiver six as it's going to be he fits the game plan they're going for better which is But can the Gino can Smith get the ball out
0: quick enough? matter
1: if, if, he's, if he's short, sharp and he can turn on a dime and create that separation which you know, Swain can't he's got more chance of getting the ball on a short route it it doesn't make
2: sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me. I still I, think
1: that's it... the way I've justified it in my head anyway. <laughs> just, it doesn't just... make
2: it doesn't make sense <laughs> to me, mate, because in terms of I think Penny Hart has had his chance now to, to show why he should be on the field and he and he and there's a reason why he's not been on the field, it's because he's not good enough. Um he, he's always a pre season standout, but then as you say, Pez never it it gets maybe one or two targets a season in 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 regular season games, and that's about it. And then we go and draft a guy called Bo Melton in the seventh round of the draft last year, or this year, I should say, the last draft. I meant, um, who is a small, explosive, turn on a dime receiver who has got pretty much the skill set that you would say Penny Hart has. And and it feels like it to me. it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me as to why Penny Hart. Gets a chance to stay on the fifty-three, and Bo Melton doesn't. For me, for me, it should be reversed. Bo Melton should have been kept on the fifty-three. You wave Penny Hart and bring Penny Hart back to the practice squad. For me, um, Josh, what what were you surprised yeah. to see Paul Melton waved or? it's a tough uh, one.
1: I, yeah, it is a really tough one. We we said this a few pods ago. Like we we can't see them getting rid of of melton or young Mm. because they'll never get him back Mm. now obviously we'll broach his subjects in a bit but i think melton is very much when you look at the ones we kept so dk absolute beast of a man but then look at all the other wide receivers okay barring one and they're all they all fit that exact same mold they're all short sharp nippy like can make space you know, that, that's that's the pure reason why he's still there. And they've probably chosen Hart over Melton because Hart has got more experience in the league and at least within the organisation. Melton, obviously, showed he's got a burst, which is fantastic to see. But I think he might need a bit more refinement because what he came from Rutgers, it's yeah. not exactly first-class football. And if you want to have a roster full of the exact same type of receiver, you want them to have been playing D1 football. Mm. He hasn't, so they've probably just gone, you know what, let's stash him, let's train him up a little bit more, get him used to the programme, and then next year, you never know, Penny Hart may yeah. finally leave the Seahawks organisation, and, and now he's all... going to go and hide in a cupboard and never, ever leave Master Russell has given Penny a sock, oh
2: my God.
1: under the <laughs> stairs.
2: <laughs> Deary me. Right, Just We've only got on on a picture America. of Russell
0: Wilson signed, Penny Hart. Um, going to but bed. on... On the Ball Melton situation, I'm not surprised he got cut. I know in a previous pod I've said we wouldn't get him back, but on reflection of that, the wide receivers in this like new age of right they're so deep that just because he showed really flashy plays, I I don't think he actually is good enough, like as it's come out tonight whilst we're recording saying that he's back on the practice squad. Um He's not good enough.
2: And, sorry, my wife's just come in and absolutely lost my train of thought. Sorry, I'll save you. Because what I was going to say is, do you think this is the reason why derek Young has then made the roster? Because for me, other than his touchdown... Raw. Derrick, yeah, Dorit Young, although he's raw... I thought he had similar kind of production preseason to a ball milton but is it... he's that he's that big size, big body receiver, isn't he? Bah, is that bush. why there you go. What
1: what what if DK's out? You can't just fill the team full of fast midgets, can you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so, if, you and... Young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you have derek Young, is it derek Young? Yeah, yeah. If you have derek Young who's there to to fill the shoes of DK, he's obviously going to garner some attention from a defence because they're going to look at it and go, he's quite a big unit him if that ball goes high, he's the one who's going to get it. You know, it just offers you a different sort of facet. And I, I think that's the reason why he's managed to stay in over, over boat, which is a shame, but also it's, it's the, it, it,
0: with that, it, I think it's the fact of the reports that came out said that. Cause it, am I right in saying he was a corner, but converted to a receiver?
2: Have I, I, I got confused, so, yes.
0: with, confused with um Tariq Woolen? But anyway, He's definitely converted to that position, and mm. I remember reading reports just before the fifty-three came out saying that how quickly he's picked up the position. Mm. And I, I feel like if the Seahawks supporters are saying that, I feel like the NFL will notice that. And as we said, he's got this kind of the same stature as DK. I think regardless of what wide receivers you have in your team, you'll always be trying to look for another DK. Mm-hmm. So that is that is the difference there. Um, but yeah, sorry, um, on the ball melting situation, I'm not surprised with it. But I do believe with more time, he might become a factor. Because I always envisioned him being a bit, in the category of um, D. Eskridge, mm. maybe a returns guy, maybe doing the role of what D. Eskridge does, just because from that play from the preseason where he's just his switch of speed is just second to none, and some mm. of the stuff that everyone keeps saying Waldron wants to do, surely he can be utilised in that, and I just don't have any faith in D. That he's going to stay healthy. And then I don't want to hear any of this. We've got a guy like Bowman, I don't want to hear any of this whole a whole offensive game plan fell apart because DS Gridge got injured when you've got you've got a ball melting on on the practice squad who can do who's got the speed, who's got all them attributes.
2: Yeah. Um I I, I agree. It, I guess it, it it does come down to this whole we we've got too many quick guys and Derek Young falls into the mould of being that that potentially you know if he's it, it, got a long way to go to be the next DK but he's got that big body size he's got that big build and and that just sets him apart from these from these other sort of over i, I don't know what the right word this surplus of of young speedy smaller receivers that we've got and i think he's won the job because of his genetic traits really um but but fair play to him it's not cuz he's had a bad camp um one one last receiver that i want to touch on before we move to the to a different position um kade johnson for my money had the best preseason out of all the receivers um and i know he's going to fall into this camp again that we keep saying that he's another small speedy guy but again for me i, I i'm a little bit disappointed that and this isn't—I haven't got anything really against Penny Hart. I'm just he's just—he's—he's he's becoming a, a great example. I don't understand particularly why Penny Hart goes straight on the fifty-three when hasn't he hasn't done anything this preseason? And Keir Johnson has a fantastic preseason, bar the muff punt, and 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 has to go through waivers and get brought back to the practice squad. Pairs, as you sit very nicely there with your finger up like you're in the uh, the front row of a classroom. Go on then.
0: <laughs> oh, you're on my ass tonight. You aren't you with everything I do. Ass. I'm not on your uh, ass. <laughs> um, but that's what got him cut. The drops and that muff punt. Because mm. even though he's done some nice things and he has done some nice plays and he has stood out for them plays like the fourth down. Catch and it's the 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 consistency of drops and that muff pump probably tipped him over the edge because the whole thing that Pete and his philosophy is it's all about the ball. Mm. So you can't be bottling it up on a return when really, if he maybe didn't bottle that catch and actually took it out, he probably, with how his preseason went, probably had given himself the shot of being mm. the return guy. Mm-hmm. And he messed it up completely. So he's only really got himself to blame in that it's regard.
1: Pure fund Pez hit the nail on the head there. Like Pete's whole thing is it's all about the ball. Like it, That's all he wants. And a big thing of this, and a big thing of being a professional sportsman, is the fundamentals. It's something I coach to 17-year-old lads, like fundamentals. You need to know the basics and be good at the basics before you can progress anywhere else. If you've got a professional football player who can't catch a high ball being kicked at him, instant alarm bell. A wide receiver who can't catch more than 60 70% of the balls thrown at them, it's an alarm bell. Why are you going to want to pay that person and keep them on your team as a potential liability? Mm. You're going to have someone that you've at least seen flashes of. You know that they are extremely coachable, that they've got a high upside. Just Keeping someone like Dorit Young on there gives you that high upside. Everyone has said how athletic he is, the fact that he's built like an absolute mutant, mm. you know, which is just if DK goes down injured, he just then slots straight into there. He may not get all the catches DK gets, but he'll still garner, like I said before, all the attention. I don't see like Cade Johnson just... He, he, I, I, obviously, I wasn't here for the last podcast, but I listened to it and you said the same thing and I was sat in my car going, No! No, not Cade! No! No! Um, I mean, it's personal, personal preference, personal opinion, mate.
2: Yeah, well, you, you've led on to this this young fella perfectly in terms of the the fundamentals of football. Uh, Marquise Blair, someone who, for my money, from the minute we've drafted him, <laughs> has not really improved on the fundamentals of of defensive football. Anyway, his his, his tackling has never improved. His technique has never improved. Um, and, and now he, fi- he finds himself without a without a job in the NFL as as it stands as we're recording. Um, Josh, when we drafted Marquise Blair, it was all about the next Cam Chancellor. It was all about the next Earl Thomas. Is is the comparisons he was drawing with the way he hits and his violent play? And we have seen that in in, in at times. But nine times out of ten, it, it's been a story of missed tackles and and failing to wrap up in the in the open field. And and now he finds himself. Off the team. Um, Playing the about... field because yes. no one wants him. Yes. Um, we talked about him on the last podcast that we weren't... We Again, another a little hot take that we had that we thought that Marquise Blair might face the axe. And he has. What are your thoughts on this?
1: You hit the nail on the head with that. Um, like I said, I was listening to it again today. And Marquise Blair, for the last few years, has been hyped up by a corner of Seahawks fandom... As, as you said, the next Cam Chancellor, because his highlight reels are purely him putting a big hit onto someone who is defenceless. It can be someone who's just caught a ball and they've just got their feet down. They've not had a chance to look around and all of a sudden, bang, someone comes in. Anyone can smash someone that way. Everyone who plays a contact sport loves a big hit. What is going to keep you in a team, and I said it before about a wide receiver, it's the fundamentals. If you're a defender, the fundamentals are you need to be able to tackle with correct technique and a proficiency that is unmatched. Mm. Let's face it, Marquise Blair, every time he was on the pitch, everyone just thought, everyone went, oh, he's gonna. he moves around so well, he's everywhere, he's going to hit something, and oh. then he doesn't get any pass breakups, he gets miles away from anyone he's supposed to be marking and misses people in tackles. Could have called this, as soon as he has had two years out injured consistently, you lose that step, number one. Number two... If anyone had come to me and said Marquise Blair is the next Cam chancellor, I would probably slap them around the face and tell them to go look at his body of work from Utah. Because in Utah, he was just known for putting in a boom. That was it. And it, it, he, if he ever had a tricky wide receiver who stepped around him, he, his footwork was awful. He was caught flat-footed on the back of his heels all the time. Never front foot. Never actually got his legs wide enough to be able to pivot off and give it power with a proper tackle. Get shrugged off too much. I went. I could go on and on and on because tackling is my baby when it comes to a contact sport, as yes, you all know.
2: Yes.
1: And his whole technique is awful. I feel bad for the guy because obviously he's been injured and he's not a chance to at least improve through through training and coaching. But fundamentals he's lacking in them, and as a result, he's been out found out he might end up in a practice squad with someone like the Detroit Lions. Sorry, mate. Um, but that's the way it is. I, it's, I, I can't. I, I just can't entertain people telling me Marquis Blair could ever be a good player. Um, Don't I, reckon I reckon he
0: could. I reckon he could have <laughs> been coached to be a good player. But I totally agree with everything you said.
1: If 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 he had not been injured and Pete had been able to spend some time with him from because he got moved to the cornerback to the slot position, didn't he? He went from safety. to to slot corner and then they put him back to safety if pete had spent time with him to actually coach him up properly on the fundamentals of what it takes to be in those positions it could have worked for him but that's two years being out on the sideline not being able to do you can watch all the video in the world but as i've said this before if you haven't got the physical ability you're not gonna be able to do it and he's probably sat there watching all the video going, yeah, I get this. But then as soon as he straps his cleats back on and goes back onto the training field, I can guarantee because he has no muscle memory, for what he's supposed to be doing, he'll revert back to type. And that type will be standing back, waiting to take those extra five, 10 yards to run at someone and try and smash him. And that's what's happened. He's been found out because he can't do close quarter tackling. Um, when he Before he got injured,
0: he was, that is a mic drop. That was a very <laughs> was a good thing. Um but before he got injured, he was looking good. Like, Mm. that's what I mean by, like, I feel like he would have, he might have been able to be, had some of them bad things coached out of him, but the revert, I was exactly going to say the reverting to type. The two years out, he's literally unraveled everything he's learned and he's just gone out there and reverted to type. And he basically just looked like his college self with all the missed tackles. Mm. But, I've got nothing else to add on that because Josh hit the nail on the head with that one. But, but I think you uh, go to the Ravens. Oh, I can see that. That a Ravens they, guy. is They he? like they
1: like a the hard aggressive hit in safety. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, they're gonna have they're gonna have to spend another two years coaching him up on what to actually do in close close quarter tackling because
2: I wouldn't want to trade. I'd put him on a minimum contract. I'd, I don't think it's as forensic as, as as we're making out. For me, Pete Carroll has looked at. Marquise Blair and Hugo Amadi, he's looked at their tackling. He's then looked at the amount of money he's now cost, them two have now cost him more on life insurance because of the years <laughs> he's lost. <laughs> so he's now cost them so much more on, on life insurance. He's gone that, sod that. And then them, and those two are gone now. And he's brought in, and he, and then he's got into the draft and thought, Kobe Bryant, he can tackle. Don't care where he plays. He can just get the defensive backs now who can tackle. Hugo Amadi, Barquis Player, thanks for costing me an extra ten grand in life insurance. You're gone. The Seahawks come knocking on his uh
1: his door and been like, yeah. Coach Carroll, um, can you who, who are these people? I've never actually seen them on the trading paddock, but we we seem to have paid about ten grand each in an excess for their uh, their medical insurance. They'd be like, Oh yeah, they 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 sit
2: in the corner, just that they, they basically live in the physio room. That's it. Yeah. And um, we all know Pete Carroll's got no plans to retire until he's 95. So he's thinking, on, well, if 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 they take more years off the life, I'm not going to be here to see through the rebuild. What what was that cartoon where the uh,
0: head was in the fucking jar? Was it Futurama? Futurama. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> Pete be, on the Pete Carroll line. in his
2: office. Parent <laughs> nerds. nerds. Run the ball!
0: Run the ball! Run the ball!
2: Right. Um... <laughs> Have you got anything further to add (laughs) on (laughs)
0: Marquis' player? I have something to add on the tackling thing. I'll go on then. Now, Colby Bryant, like I said in the last pod, it's nice to see that he made mistakes in the first game and he's rectified them. His tackling was nice and clean. Josh probably has... We'll put it as he got very excited to keep it nice and clean. Um, But the rest of the team... Jesus Christ, you, you you might be able to take Ugo and Blair, because I don't think Ugo's tackling was worse than his coverage skills. That's a hot take. Mm, he's well, not on the we'll, team we'll, anymore. We'll so. Yeah, start him. Yeah. Okay. um, But, yeah, the, them two leaving isn't going to make this team any better at tackling. No, it's not. Um, you need the general in the middle to start playing. And he'll sort out the tackling because that's what he does best. Do you know tackle her last year. something
1: I found out on Twitter this week when I commented on a, a tackling drill about close quarter and the fact that the, the football player actually had his head on the right side, which was baffling to me because you never see that anymore. Uh, a gentleman named RJ Fur. I don't want to say Fure because that sounds a bit dodgy. But well, he said it now. Well, yeah, defence is a head coach and defence. <laughs> You've already banned him as somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. For Oak Hall football. All right. He said it's the technique, it's called the hawk tackle. They've been teaching it since 2014. It started by Peach Carroll, who brought a Fiji national rugby coach to teach the Seahawks. Now, I don't know who this Fijian rugby coach was, but anyone of our listeners that knows rugby, we'll tell you Fiji are not renowned for tackling, Fiji are a very expansive ball in hand, make sexy rugby and go run in space they love sevens, tackling is not a sevens thing, so for me that goes, obviously I think they might need a little bit more help, Like I'll throw my hat in the ring, I don't really care, just get anyone to teach you how to tackle again but don't get a frigging Fijian, like I've got Fijian friends and I know
2: they hate tackling, they're just there to <laughs> that I'm sorry that is the quote of the podcast I'm sorry don't just don't get a Fijian that that is the most out of context hey, I'm, quote. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm, one of my very good friends is a Fijian who I play rugby with here and he will tell you that he hates tackling he's only there to get the ball in his hand
2: <laughs> fair enough well we'll get an all blacks one next time sorry we don't want an England hey, one because they can't tackle either uh, anyway Justin Coleman another defensive back was officially released not waived um but now he's been brought back to the practice squad. Um this is an interesting one. He was brought in to be the de facto nickel cornerback. And then especially after Ugo Mardi was uh, was released, you thought, well, this is Justin Coleman's now. And then we started to see Kobe Bryant getting some more looks in the nickel. Um is is I, I don't really know where we stand with Justin Coleman. It feels like he feels like too big of a name to be on a practice squad, but they're not good enough. To, to really be playing and, and and to be honest Kobe Bryant has looked excellent in the nickels mm-hmm. so I don't see him winning that off him um, so where do we where do we kind of stand with with Justin Colton? we all know he's not a bad player but I, 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 is he too teams. big of a name though? I just mean in in the sense that he's had a decent NFL career. He's not. I'm not saying he's ever been in an elite corner or anything like that, but he's he's been a steady, decent corner. Had a couple of picks in that in that season before we let him go of last, and and, and that pick six into the uh, into the Salvation Army bucket was he was legendary for that. Um, so he, he's not been a bad player. It it just feels like if he's going to be on the practice squad, I don't really. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not really seeing the vision or the point. To be honest, I, I don't know. I just it, it. seems a bit of a weird one. Um, it feels like Kobe Bryant is going to be the nickel now going forward. Um, so it. But he, he's not been a bad player. It it just feels like if he's going to be on the practice squad, I don't really. I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not really seeing the vision or the point. To be honest, I, I don't know. I just it, it. seems a bit of a weird one. Um, it feels like Kobe Bryant is going to be the nickel now going forward. Um, so it, just an interesting one. I thought when we brought him in, I thought he's, he's probably going to be a lock for the fifty-three man, and and now he's on the practice squad. Any thoughts on on that situation on 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 Justin Coleman? Um. He's, I think it's just surplus requirements. He, he had a good mm. run with us,
1: then went off signed a massive contract, came back to us, and we were like, "You were really good at nickel for us when you were younger," mm. um, and now he's come back. He's a he's got older. He's you know possibly lost a step. We've now got a lad in Kobe Bryant who Pete Carroll probably looks at and goes, "That is the future," because if you start him at nickel, then you can move him to outside. You know, uh, I think he, he proved during the preseason that whilst he's very capable at outside, Nickel is probably his best position. Mm. And Carroll's probably looked at that and gone, well, We've got Coleman on this contract. We could just cut him because I doubt anyone else is going to want him at his age and the fact he's regressing. Well, why don't we just cut him and then sign into the practice squad and a restructured, cheaper contract? Mm. And then we can just focus on having Kobe at Nickel without much competition. That is purely all I think it is. Kobe's the future. I think they've realised that, but they want to keep Coleman around for that old head. And as a result, they've binned him, brought him back on a cheaper contract, and that's it. You know, he'll end up he'll probably be signed to the actual active roster for a bit because I think we've got a few people going on to IR. Mm. But that'll be it. He's not going to be a, a day one starter,
2: as we all thought. No. Bring on the youth! Bring on the youth! Any thoughts on uh, on Justin Coleman Pez or or nothing? Uh, he's add? just a, he's just a
0: spare piece, isn't he? He knows yeah. like the organisation. He knows Pete. He knows like what is expected of him. Or um, mm. I, I think he's literally how I envision it is essentially what Josh said. If is it Sidney Jones at the left side? Sydney Jones Jones
1: on the left Burns on the right is looking like Sydney
0: Jones has had injuries through a lot of his career so I I reckon what they're looking at is Kobe can play the outside I reckon they feel like they can't just keep him they've they've got to have him on the field because he's shown enough in pre-season that I really think he is a week one starter Um, so as long as Sydney stays healthy he'll play the nickel slot and then if Sydney gets injured, he can go to the outside and he can bring Justin Coleman in. I think I think that's his sole
1: reason it's why a Justin Coleman is a. It's not a bad shout. He's literally a stopgap contingency, isn't he? That's that's literally it. You go. I've got some experience here. If anything happens, move them here, and then he can slot in there for a little bit until someone's back off IR.
0: Exactly, and I reckon you'll start noticing like they brought Scott Nelson back as we were recording. That he's one of the. Practice squad guys who's a safety, but as we were talking about with Ugo and Blair, who were like safeties, nickel corner, slot corner, they like to mingle around. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a lot of movement in the secondary and the practice squad with like safeties and things like this. Like, they've already brought two cornerbacks in. Mm. Um, as we were recording, I've seen another one—a guy from Kentucky who was on the Cowboys. Apparently, he had a really good—he had a really good camp. Um, I'll see if I can get his name up. Quandre Mosley, an undrafted rookie from Kentucky, 4'3", three-speed. So I'll mm, do at safety. Yeah. Oh uh, no, he's a corner. Sorry, he he he's a cornerback, and then they brought Scott Nelson back, who's a safety. But you could also you can al- almost see them using these as slot cover. But Justin Coleman's gonna be that guy, unless they show
2: something in camp that makes them go all right then. Yeah, let us talk about the uh, the linebackers then, because it, it, it's been a bit of a ma- a mass exodus at, at linebacker at a position that. A lot of us thought needed strength in, never mind sort of weakening. Um, Tanner Muse is gone. Lakeem Williams is gone. Vi Jones is gone. Joel De Blanco is gone. And then as we've been recording tonight, we've also found out that Josh Onyugionu, I think that's how you pronounce his name, has also gone. So that's five linebackers that have been waived. Um, a couple of them have been brought back to the practice squad. I think Vi Jones has come back, uh, Tanner Muse and Aaron Donko. Um, so it. it And then we haven't, at this moment in time, anyway, we haven't claimed any linebackers back off waivers, we haven't added any linebackers yet. Um, That spot's looking really thin. A a, a position that, like, like I've said, I I thought needed strength and never mind. Sort of taking away. We hate
1: inside linebackers, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Let's let's move to a three-four, which is heavier on inside linebackers. Meaning we need two in the middle. And yep. let's only have two full-timers. And then we'll have Nick Ballore backing him up, and he's our, our only full-back, and he's now an inside linebacker. Brilliant. And then you have people like Vi Jones. I'm glad he's back. I, I really liked watching him in, in the preseason. season um, He shows flashes. I think he, again, with a bit more training, a bit more time around the program, could be fantastic. De Blanco, uh, jury's out on him. He had some good stats, made some good tackles. I think he got beat a few too many times and chose to hit the wrong gaps.
0: Hmm. He he came in too late into preseason as well. Realistically, unless he hit the ground running and he was like this massively untapped guy in the draft, what everyone just slept on, Hmm. he was never going to make the squad. He was just never going to be able to do it. He just came
1: in too late. It says a lot that they've kept him around for the practice squad, though. That's promising. he showed...
0: He showed the ability, and I said to James um, before we were recording that, obviously without fully knowing what the cap is and what it might cost them in the trade, um, but I could see them going for Raekwon Smith. It's weird how it's weird, and people are like it'll cost too much. You'll do this that and the other, but cleared quite a bit of cap space, now, haven't we? We cleared a lot of cap space we don't know without looking into it don't know how much his cap hit is at this current moment in time
2: um if they can oh, like give him give him a new some deal one in the middle oh well he'll still yeah. be on his rookie contract at this point because so. the
0: thing is the thing so my thinking behind this is why like, I, I just think it, it, they've not done any moves in linebacker every everyone on social media is saying it's really weird how they've not got depth at that position like don't get me wrong he's not going to be just the answer, they're going to have to pick up extra depth pieces to go with him, but my thinking on it is even though as everyone who is a long-term listener of this podcast, I love Jordan Brooks I've loved him coming out of college if he's truly given the freedom of that linebacking group and just let him do what he does best he's going to really show this year why they drafted him in the first round and why Patrick Queen's shite compared to him. As a Ravens fan said to me in Dublin, openly admitted that you got the better of that linebacking duo. We were all chuffed yeah. that we got Patrick Queen because of what he did at LSU and we were laughing at the Seahawks about picking up this Jordan Brooks fella and now Patrick Queen's done nothing. He said literally he's done nothing. Yeah, there you so. Go. That's a little side thing, it's a little win. Um, But it's the other thing, realistically, though, Jordan Brooks has been behind Bobby Wagner. He's not really been given the full responsibility. When Bobby went down, they put Kobe Bryant, uh, Kobe Bryant, fucking Cody Barton. Jesus Christ. Dyslexia going to kick in there, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Cody Barton in the middle in his place, where I really thought Jordan Brooks should have been put in that place. If he's going to be the heir to Bobby, mm. he should have been given the opportunities to run, essentially do Bobby's job, like he'd been given this off season with the um, with the uh, green badge and stuff. But with that being said, bringing in Raekwon Smith. Might be just a little safety blanket, just in case Jordan Brooks doesn't live up to the expectation. And you've got to remember, he's been injured for the for a lot of this preseason. Hmm. I just think
1: I could see it happen as as Pez gets attacked by some
2: giant beastie up in Preston.
1: What's what's <laughs> next, boss man?
2: <laughs> <Just> getting eaten. <laughs> Is there anyone else on the on the practice squad then or, or, or on the waivers? Anyone that has, that we haven't talked about yet that we feel deserves a mention? Um I mean I'm I'm not I'm not I'm refusing to talk about Jacob Eason, so we're not even gonna go there. QB one
0: QB one Easton.
2: Oh did you not hear no. Pez? There, there we
0: not he of, no, there was a lot of talk exactly?
2: apparently, you know, this Jacob Eason lad, he's cute, he's quarterback one apparently. Oh. The gunslinger. The gunslinger, yeah. but Oh, that's funny. He's been waived, and we've brought in Sean Mannion, who has a career rushing yardage of minus three. So there you go. <laughs> so, brilliant. Right, we're not going to get you started again. No, we're not. Um Is there any that you're surprised that have made it? Because for me, as we were talking about off air, I don't understand how LJ Collier has crept his name onto that 53-man roster. Um It, it baffles me, to be honest. What What... What has he done to be on that 53-man roster? Said it in the chat, didn't
1: I? I said he, based on the fact we're going to a three-four now, but he's not linebacker. No, he's not. But he'll play the three-tech. No, he won't, because he's injured and he's never fit, and he's never fit, and he's no. not good enough. His skill set fits better to it than anyone else that we've cut. I don't know what his skill set is. He's still on a rookie contract. It's not going to be breaking the bank. We're literally going to keep him in there just in case, because let's face it. On our D line, it's gonna be Poona, Alwoods, and I well, probably Shelby Harris. Backing them up. I was gonna say if they rotate then backing them up, you've got to think Node yeah. Sackle is gonna be Brian Monet because the man is a mountain.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then you're gonna have Miles Adams and, and Q Jeff. With LJ exactly. Collier
2: there, just in no, case. no, we don't need him. Just think it cut him. He's there's no point to carrying. You're wasting a roster spot there for me on LJ Collier. Take away the first round. I think, well. No, yes and no. He's a first round pick, right? And that's the only reason why he's on. I, I don't want to hear skill set. I don't want because he's shown that he hasn't particularly got a skill set since the moment that we drafted him. Um, what he he he. he, he he stopped one fourth and goal from from the pitch. Yeah, right, right. And and that's enough to keep him on. Sorry, right, not for me. It's not for me. I don't understand what he's done to get on that fifty-three man roster. I thought if if we can cut Marquise Blair and we can cut Ugo Amadi, we can we can certainly cut LJ Collier and, and give someone a roster spot. He'll a be on the field. B be available to be on the field if asked to. And C, well, I hadn't got a C, but I'm just that I'm pissed off that he's on the Look, roster. He'll go on the IR. Yeah, Let's, Let's
1: face it, he's going to the IR or he's not going to see the field. He'll only see the field if the first six are injured. Then even he might be injured. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, it might be a matter of, you know, Clint Hurt likes what he sees and he thinks, I can work with this guy and he might be productive. He might not. It might be a wasted roster spot for this year. But let's be honest, who gives a shit? Me. Because uh, you know, I, mate. Let's face it. We all want the Seahawks to win, but let's be realistic. And we'll do this on our Hot Takes and Predictions episodes. You and Pez did it when you went through the you know, the schedule last week. But I'm I'd I'd love to put my out in the ring on that one as well. I'm not expecting a load of wins this year. If we have to carry someone like LJ Collier just to cover for injuries, because Al Woods is pretty old, Shelby Harrison in his thirties. You know, I'm not sure how Quentin Jefferson is, but he seems to have been around for ages. Um, if we've got to carry it, we've got to carry it. There's loads of people on this roster that you may not carry otherwise, but we have. So let's just use it. Keep it. Don't, don't get too angry about it. It is what it is.
2: I'm glad someone can carry LJ Collier, because I certainly can't. <laughs> Deary me. Is there anyone, though, other than LJ Collier, now that I've had my little rant for the pod on LJ is there anyone on there for you guys that you're surprised snuck on the 53 or... Felt that some people may have been, been a bit hard done by. Anyone that we haven't talked about?
1: Um,
0: Not really. I think we covered all the main...
1: Well, for me, anyway. Oh, Kyle Fuller. Come on. Kyle Fuller <laughs> is still is, employed. Is, yes. He's awful. Um, I, 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 every Every analyst I listen to, and even the, the most optimistic of analysts find it so hard to pull something good up about Kyle Fuller at centre. Hmm. And it, I, I hope and I pray Austin Blythe doesn't get injured. And if he does get injured, move D. Lou to centre and then just stick beefy boy Phil Haynes in at guard and then just don't let Kyle Fuller see the
2: field. I'd give L. G. Collier a go at centre over, over Kyle Fuller. <laughs> If he's going to be on the 53, man, let's get him doing something. I'll tell you oh, what. Jesus, man. Marquise Goodwin? Is, 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 have we got time to talk about him? Because that's a surprise name for me. Pete, obviously, Pete's been raving about Marquise Goodwin ever since he got He looks explosive. He looks quick and everything like that.
1: Speed.
2: Speed, yeah. And and hasn't had a pre-season, been injured all pre-season, and yet he's not messing about with waivers, not messing about. He's straight on the 53 man. So he's obviously shown in the in the very short glimpses that he's been able to, to train at the VMAC. He's obviously shown the coaches and Pete enough to suggest that when he's healthy, he's good enough to be on this 53-man roster and they haven't uh, any problems sticking him on there now. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that one?
0: No, because
2: at the very start of pre-season, he showed some all right
0: stuff. He showed he's still got good speed for his age and all this, but I don't get it. I just don't I, get it. He's He's I, essentially... I like He's essentially D. Eskridge's... Him and D. Eskridge are in the little camp together, aren't they? To do that specific role that w- Waldron wants from them because of his speed. Mm. And then, like, he probably be the fucking return guy or something, won't he? He could <laughs> be the return like, guy. It
1: looks like that's Eskridge's job to lose at the moment. But when I, I said before about looking at this, the wide receiver core has got a make-up to it. So you've got your two big guys who are pretty quick, all right, in Metcalf and Young. You've got your two, well, one utter speed guy in Marquise Gubbin. Let's not forget the guy's an Olympian. Fair play was hurdles, but was it hurdles or triple jump? All? Did he win a medal or something? I have no idea. He's been to the Olympics. It's better than we'll ever do. All right, well, you know. And he's proved he's got straight line speed. Plus, he's basically an NFL vet now. He's been around for so long. So he's an old head. He's been around the block. That straight line speed you can't come by very often. He will fill that gadgety role as well, the same as DS grids for things like end arounds, jet sweeps, absolutely mm. fine, and then just the straight lines. Um, and then you've got your penny hearts and your Tyler Lockets, who are your your nippy will make space and catches in small windows and get that separation. There's there's a makeup to it. There's there's a backup for every starter on this. If you think the three starting, so wide receiver one. Tyler Lockett, two, well, or, or DK Metcalf, depends on how you look at it. Mm. Wide receiver, three, it's D. Eskridge's to lose now mm. because they've got plans for him. Waldron improved that when he first played last season. And then the backups to them, you've got Penny Hart is Tyler Lockett's direct understudy, derek Young is DK Metcalf's, and
2: Marquis Goodwin is D. Eskridge's. I think it they're planning continues. to kill the Eskridge if they're putting him on returns. <laughs> I don't know about having a plan for him. I think they're trying to get rid of him off this bloody earth because i tell you two, what. He had two
1: punt returns. He had one return for 14, 14 yards and the other one called a fair catch purely because there was nowhere for him to go, which is intelligent play because let's face it, you're not going to catch the ball and go, I'll just run into these four people that are completely eclipsing the floodlights and are about to break my neck. Well, uh, optimism, <laughs> high hopes, mate. Hi, we need we need to have one second round pick do well
2: that's true that's true um <laughs> we, would, we would have had one if we'd have taken creed humphrey i'm not going to go there i'm not going to go there don't
1: no, don't, don't do what no, it no i'm not
2: no i'm not going to go there um that pretty much wraps it up for the for the guys that we've looked at on the on the waivers and the practice squad um that, that's all we were really bringing you tonight we didn't want to touch on the Cowboys at all because we don't need to to waste any more time on that nonsense. We don't want to send you guys into any more of a depression spiral talking about that absolute waste of time that was a pre season. Um so it was roster cuts. This is the main talking point. That's what we've got you tonight. That's what we've been talking about. Um coming up though soon of course we're gonna have our our hot takes and season predictions episode that um hopefully a lot of you will have enjoyed from last time around and, and Hopefully, we might have some some guests join us for that one as well. Um, and that one's always a bit of fun, tongue in cheek. Have a few beers and and talk a load of nonsense on that one. Um, it's my kind of pod. That is your kind of pod. <laughs> my my kind of pod is Frank Sinatra once said that. Or was it? Or was it my kind of one of the two? More than two. Um, my way. Yeah. And then we and then, and then I tell you what, we're going to be into the regular season by then. So it, it's 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 coming round quick. The uh, the Russell Wilson brigade will be marching into seattle in no time um that that, that should be fun and, and, and we're getting close to it now um so yeah it's uh before i forget because i i completely forgot to ask you to do this at the start of the podcast josh and i'm now realizing that i've done that do you want to do our little sponsorship shout out because I, I, we're proper big time now if you if you don't know listeners we've got we've got like sponsors and stuff now. <laughs> this isn't just no basement podcast anymore that, that I'm just running off my off my little little shitty ASL laptop that we we're, we're properly sponsored now and properly like big time now. So do you want to do you want to read out in your, in your most advertisement news readery kind of voice the the, the the sponsorship that we've got
1: definitely not but as some of you that will have listened to the podcast we did with Lofa tatupu uh, a few months back, um, he and I are big advocates of CBD oil for various sporting injuries. It helps with muscle aches, pains, recovery. It helps with things like brain frog, brain brain frog, brain fog.
2: Might um, be an unknown
1: condition. Exactly, anxiety, depression. It has a wealth of advantages to taking it. Um, we've teamed up with Blessed CBD, they're a UK-based CBD company. They're family-run, family-owned. Um, all of their CBD products are full or broad spectrum, which is what you want to look at. They do things like oils, gummies, capsules. They also do creams for your, your localised um, injuries as well. We've teamed up with these guys. All you need to do, if you are interested, go on to their website, which is www blessedcbd.co.uk if you do want to have a look at everything all the lab reports are on there to show you how legit they are I am currently using it at the moment and it's helping me massively Um, and when you do want to buy something when you get to check out use code Seahawk in all caps S-E-A-H-A-W-K
2: and you'll get 10% off Boom! simple as that and unfortunately, th- these products don't have enough marijuana in them say, to get you high. So They're all not, hemp-based. Yeah, hemp-based so, don't, with... so don't buy it yeah. in terms of you thinking, I'll, I'll I'll take it and watch the Seahawks game <laughs> on a Sunday night just to get through it. It, it won't help you with that. It's, uh... if, if, if you take it might be. It full, might
1: full, It'll chill you
2: out for your,
1: uh, before the Seahawks game. If you take your full daily dose before you go to bed, I can guarantee you'll have one of the best night's sleep you've ever had. I'm currently using 1,000 milligrams, and I took one when I got back from Somerset after driving for five hours, and I did not wake up at all during the night. And I'm getting old now; my bladder's not what it used to be. I just slept all the way through and woke well, up refreshed. <laughs> the oldest one on the pot only like 36 or something. 37s. Come on, I'm creeping closer and closer to 40. <laughs> <laughs> put him in a home his life's done
2: <laughs> put him in there with blessed cbd um and, and if you're interested and if that's something that you feel that would benefit you and your lifestyle then please do go ahead and uh and if you're going to go on and get anything from there then just use our code seahawk as josh has spelled out beautifully for you and then you can get 10 off it helps you it helps us and uh and yeah just 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 go and do it if you're interested in in, in that kind of stuff yeah man this is this has just been our little roster cuts evaluation podcast. Um, like we said, surprises in there. I'm I'm sure there'll be various opinions, and, and I'm sure you won't have agreed with everything that we've that we've said tonight. Um, this is the uh, the time for, for opinions to differentiate with these roster cuts. Um, but we've tried to, to give you our opinions on, on, on most of them. Obviously, we don't want to go into details on every single guy in there because I'm sure you don't want to hear me talking about Kevin Cassis for 10 minutes or, or someone like that because, quite frankly, nothing against the man, but I don't know enough about him to sit here and talk about him for 10 minutes. Um, and we're not here to waste your time. So we're now going to look forward to our Hot Takes podcast coming up in the next week or so. And, uh, and like I say, we'll have a bit of fun with that. And then it's regular season time. Proper football is back. And uh, and yeah, man, I can't wait. And, and we hope to have you with us as we carry you into the regular season. Um, but lads, thanks very much for, for joining me as always tonight. And, and thank you all very much for listening. And, uh, and go Hawks, man. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.